Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. Portugal is a country of 11 million people. And as we've heard just before, the percentage number is crazy. It's 0.5 of 11 million people would even claim to be evangelical Christian, whatever that actually means. It is a country that is desolate. But this is the situation now when people ask me, were you a missionary? And I say the Algarve, they go, oh, lovely. Do you know why? Holiday destination. And this is the problem with what's going on in Europe at this present time. It's a holiday destination. People are not seeing it as a mission field. And so when you go to places like Spain, 45 million people, less than half percent. France, 65 million people, less than half percent. Portugal is, of course, 11 million. And so when you go to work in these places, you start to realize how desolate it really is. Our young people, some of our young people in our youth group go to schools of five to 600 people. They're the only Christian in the whole school. And when you come from places like Northern Ireland and you realize um, what's actually going on in the schools and the ministry that's going on in the schools, you're amazed by it. But when you go to places like Portugal, it really hits your heart. Schools where God is not even mentioned. We're still privileged in this country to have um, opportunities to take assemblies. When I was working in Newton Peter Baptist Church, I could have been doing assemblies every single day of the week and proclaiming the gospel. But in places like Portugal, even places like um, even England, now that is, that is dying out. And it will eventually die out here as well. It's already started. Um, so what we did was, um, we just, I, I decided to go over and get involved yet again in youth work. And I'm 45 years of age, and I'm starting to feel my age, but it's where God wants me to be. And so this is why I do it. If you became a Christian before you were 18 years of age, put your hands in the air. Now look around. Look at the amount of people in this room who became Christians before they were 18 years of age. And so we need to spend our resources. We need to spend our time and our energy working with kids and young people, opportunities to tell them about Jesus. And so what we did was we started a thing called Camp Sunshine. Camp Sunshine um, already happens here. Um, I, I was involved working in America for five years with Camp Sunshine. Um, a man started, just had a real vision to start a camp. Um, and so we had about, his first camp he did in his back garden with 12 kids. Today, that camp has two and a half thousand kids going to it every single day. It has now started Camp Sunshine in over 23 countries. And so one was here, um, and, and then I left, and of course started Camp Sunshine also in Portugal. We have got hundreds of kids coming through our doors um, every year. We used to start with one week, then we went to two weeks, now we're going to three weeks. And it's just amazing to sort of be involved in that. You know the verse in the Bible where Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the gospel? Well, one amazing thing about the Algarve is the world comes to us. Um, the Algarve isn't really Portugal. The Algarve is this hotbed of international activity. And so even this year, we had over 12 different nationalities come to our camp. Kids from Belgium, Holland, um, kids from Jamaica, it was, it's, it's so random, you couldn't make it up. And so, so many of these kids coming along to um, our camps every year, many of these kids coming from wealthy backgrounds, many of these kids coming from very, very poor backgrounds. In fact, week three of our camps, we had four orphanages um, come to our camp. That was over 55 kids 
um, coming to our camp week three who have been abandoned by their parents. Um, but we also have other kids coming along from places like Quindo de Lago, one kid called Angus. And um, Angus, when he becomes 18 years of age, is going to inherit 50 million pounds. Angus was my best friend. <laughs> and so we have all these kids, but here's the most amazing thing about these kids. So many of them do not know anything about Jesus. In fact, over the weeks, you're handing out kids' Bibles or New Testaments, and they've never even seen one, never mind held one. And this is the way the world is becoming. Um, and, but, but the most amazing thing about these camps is it's overflowing into our youth group. When I first went out there, we started off with about two kids. Now there's over 30 kids coming to our youth group, kids who've got saved through our camps, kids who are growing in their relationship with Jesus. Kids like Hugo. Now, Hugo comes from an orphanage. And when you actually look at Hugo, you realize, what is he doing? All he does all day is run around hugging leaders. But then you realize that he comes from an orphanage that is undermanned. And the reason why he hugs leaders is because he does not get a hug in the orphanage. Or we have a kid called Reuben who's been coming now for four years. And he used to be very, very afraid of the older male leaders. And then you find out that Reuben comes from a broken home. And he comes from a home where he's been left with his father who on a daily basis gets drunk and beats Reuben. And so this is the kids that we're dealing with. Or like that kid I was talking about, Angus. A kid who comes from a very, very wealthy background. But then you very, very quickly see that there's a lot of baggage with Angus. A lot of baggage. They realize when you actually go to somewhere like his house that there's pictures of Angus all over his house. They realize this kid is worshipped by his parents. Worshipped by his parents. And what happens is when you worship someone, you crush them because we're not made to be worshipped. We're made to worship. And so you've got this hotbed of kids coming along to our camps every year. Um, so mixed up. So many insecurities. So many hopeless cases. And yet we have an opportunity to tell them about Jesus. An opportunity to practically show them the love of Christ. And that's what's making the difference there in the Algarve. We're actually starting to see these kids coming in their relationship with Jesus. We're starting to see them heal from all the stuff that this world throws on top of them. But there's other things that we do also outside of that. We decided three years ago that we'd organize something called Bethlehem Village. Have you ever heard of Bethlehem Village? It's, it's a reenactment of the, the biblical um, story of Jesus' birth. And so we put it all on. We have donkeys, we have sheep, we have goats, and we act it out. The first year we did it, I thought, right, if we get about 30 people here, amazing. Because in the Algarve, there's a lot of people there with money, but there's also a lot of the Portuguese who, um, they've grown up through the Catholic Church, but they've walked away from the Catholic Church. And so, um, but when it comes to our sort of church, they're a wee bit sort of put off. They don't really want to go near it. There's sort of a lot of superstition comes with it. The first year we did that, we had over 800 people come on to our site. And the, the amount of um, opportunities we've had from that has been absolutely fantastic. And it's off God, just the fact that so many people just turn up and offer their help, or I've got llamas, would you like them? And you're going, well, maybe. <laughs> well, yeah, that'd be good. Give us your llamas. And so this year, believe it or not, I was talking to a Portuguese man in a, in a, in a filling station. 
And he said, he said, do you do that in Bethlehem Village? I says, we do. He says, I've got three camels. Do you want them? <laughs> By chance, I think not. And so it's just been amazing just to see what God has been doing. Do you know last year, we had over 22 nationalities come to Bethlehem Village. 22 nationalities. Yet again, the world coming to us. And I love this verse in the Bible. It tells us it's Jesus. It's God talking um, in Isaiah 43, 19 to his people. For I am about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers and dry wasteland. Do you know what? When you first go to Portugal and you look around and you see how much work needs to be done, it puts you off. I could have really got on the next plane back to Northern Ireland and to my comfort zone. But um, what you need to realize is that even though there's all that dryness, there's all that hard work, God is at work. God is moving. God is doing amazing things. God is planning the way. And so I love that um, quote um, about vision by Stanley, um, Andy Stanley. He says this um, about vision, a clear and mental picture of what could be, fueled by the conviction that it should be. And so right now in our, um, in our little church there in Val Judeo, which basically means Valley of the Jews, that's where our church is based. It was started just 30 years ago by um, a Dutchman, and, um, and it's been growing ever since. And so there in that little church, God has been um, doing amazing things. And so what's coming up now is um, we have a coffee shop opening in um, October. Um, we have a youth center that's going to be opening also before Christmas. Um, our pastor, Mark Loney, was, um, was in the agriculture before he actually became a pastor. And so we've got these grounds all the way around the church. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. But we're actually building a biblical garden. Now, when he first told me this, I thought, yeah, great. I'm not really into trees and plants. But the more I think about it, the more amazing it really is. Every, our temp, the temperature in, in, um, in Portugal and the Algarve is exactly the same as Israel, believe it or not. And so every tree, every bush, every shrub in the Bible is going to be on that site. And so people will be able to come to that site and be able to walk around and see all the amazing plants and trees from the Bible. Yet again, more opportunities to touch base with people and to share the gospel. We've got a conference center um, going to be opening up soon. We're, we're getting prefab buildings um, getting put in. And we're also going to be um, extending our camps. Our camps run for three weeks at this moment in time, but we are going to extend them. The kids are off. Listen to this, all those people who have kids. Um, nine weeks in Northern Ireland, well, they get off at the start of June and they'll go back to the third week in September. How crazy would that be? Um, and so um, we're going to extend our camps, more opportunities to get the kids and more and more kids on site. This year was the first year ever we were having to turn so many kids away because we just have not got the space. But God um, has been planning um, this amazing center for us so we can have more and more kids on site. But ultimately, what we would like to do in the next two to three years is to have um, an international Bible school. That's my dream, and hopefully I'm on the same agenda as God. And so um, we have to really believe that if these kids are getting saved, if these kids are going to grow in the love and the knowledge of who Jesus is, that we can, we can get them into a Bible school. They're in the Algarve and equip them and then send them out. If we really want to make a dent in Portugal, we need to train up leaders and we need to send them out to preach the gospel in all those little towns and all those cities right across Portugal that have not 
one church. You can drive for hundreds of miles in Portugal and not see one church. And so please pray with us. Please remember us. Every time you see, it's funny since I've been home, the amount of things on television, Portugal posters, um, go, to, go to the Algarve for 39 pounds. It's a lie. Um, although you can't get it. Um, I came home one year for 12.50, so it wasn't too bad. And so when you look around, every time you see something with Portugal on it, please pray for Portugal. It needs your prayers. It needs your prayers. By faith, we pray, believing that God hears our prayers and that our prayers actually make a difference. That's why we pray. And so please pray for Portugal. We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.